This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I hope you're having a great day, and I hope your day has been anchored by your faith and trust in Christ. And some uh, times, in some moments, we find ourselves weakening in our faith. Have you ever experienced that before? I know I have. And uh, the question arises, what do I do if my faith feels weak? Certainly, what do I do if my faith doesn't seem to match the season or challenges that I face. Well, today, we want to talk to you about growing your faith. We want to talk to you about the resource that God has provided for us who are weak in faith, in particular, the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot has been taught about the Holy Spirit. There's very few subjects in the Christian life that are more intriguing and yet controversial than the ministry and work of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Is he a force? Is he a person? And how does his ministry work in our lives? We're going to talk about that and so much more today. But let me, before we go into today's message, just help you to know why I believe in the Bible. You know, there are so many reasons to trust that the scriptures are more than just an average book, that the Bible is unique, it is divine. One of the reasons why I believe in the Bible is because over and again, it predicts and then fulfills. Over and over again, you see what is called prophecy in the Bible that tells us that something is gonna happen and then God keeps his word and it happens. This is one of the clear earmarks of divinity. The other reality of the scriptures is that they are true, reliable. A scripture is not mythical, meaning it doesn't happen someplace far, far away in the land long, long ago. But the Bible gives us dates and times It gives us locations and the names of historical figures. In other words, it grounds itself in reality and historicity, and it invites us to investigate. Today, I want you to do that. I want to extend an invitation to you. I want to invite you to investigate God's word. And one of the resources that we have for you to help you on that journey is entitled 52 Weeks in the Word. It's a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. You've heard people talk about the Bible. You've heard people quote the Bible. But isn't it time for you to know the Bible yourself? And so I want you to join me and many others on this journey of reading the Bible for yourself. Now, after you read it, you may choose to reject it. I hope that you don't. But at least if you do, it won't be based off of a meme or a tweet or some third-party explanation of the Bible. It will be because you gave yourself the space to actually study the Bible seriously. 
And for many of you who have already determined, I believe it's time for us as Christians to know our faith well enough to live it and to share it with others. Trillian Newble has put together this wonderful resource, so we're making it available all month long for a gift of any amount. If you've been listening to Equip, if you've never given before, or it's been a long time since you supported the program, your generosity makes such a huge difference in enabling us to get the good news of the love of Jesus out to folks in your community. Can you stand with us today? 888-644-4144. Let me give the number again, 888-644-4144. 44. I want you to call today or go to our website, equipradio.org. Today, I want to share a message from the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles or your apps, I want you to open them up to John chapter 14. As promised, we're going to talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be eye-opening, enlightening, and I promise you, I believe it'll also be life-changing. So let's go to John chapter 14, where we can learn about a helper for the way. How many thank God for his word? How many praise God for his word? Well, today we're going to join Jesus and his disciples back in the upper room. It is apropos that we took communion today because the first communion is about to take place in the pages that we will be reading over the next several weeks. We are in this farewell discourse that's taking place in the upper room. We have just really started getting into the heart of the conversation they had that night. Imagine one night with the king. Imagine one night with your Lord and Savior where he is at his best in giving his finest of teachings. And what we're going to find today is Jesus unpacking for us the mystery, the divine mystery of the Trinity and the ministry of the Holy Spirit more particular. So I want you to open up to John chapter 14, John chapter 14. And as you do, let me ask this question. How many by the show of hands appreciate really good advice? Show me your hands. How many appreciate really, really good advice? It's better than the alternative, isn't it? Uh, The fact of the matter is, most of us, if not all of us, crave good advice. As a matter of fact, I recently read a study that 59% of Americans have an advisor in one of the three big areas, either a financial advisor or health or fitness coach or advisor or relationship counselor or coach. Why do we do this? It's because we love getting good advice and counsel. We recognize the limitations of our own abilities and we need uh, some help in those key areas. Now, how much are we willing to pay for that? Well, it depends on what field it's in. I used to be a financial advisor. Let me just tell you that financial advisors make make good money. On average, a financial advisor will get about $750 per hour for their advice. If you are in the uh, health and fitness, they'll, they'll be a little bit less uh, for that field. If you're in the field of relationship counseling, about $250 an hour, we're willing to pay thousands of dollars a year for good advice. But what if I told you that you can have access to the best advisor the world has ever known? How many would want that? How many would want that to have access to the best advisor? About 10% of you are raising your hand. The rest of you said, no, I'll go it alone. Listen, 
How many would love to have access to the best advisor the world has ever known in every key area of your life? What if I told you that the only price for that is trust? To trust in God, to have faith in him. To trust the testimony of scripture concerning Jesus Christ. To love him and that you will be promised a gift of this advisor, this counselor. Well, that's exactly what we're going to learn about today. That Jesus sent the spirit to help us on the way. We're learning what it means to follow Jesus after his ascension, after his uh, physical and earthly ministry. And what we're going to see is three things today. The first one starts in verse 15 of chapter 14, and that is the spirit dwells within us. How many believe that? By the show of hands, how many believe that the spirit of God indwells you? How many believe that? How many believe that, that the spirit of God is living on the inside of you? Uh, One great book written on this is by Francis Chan. And he writes a book called Forgotten God. And it's about the Holy Spirit. And he helps us understand the Holy Spirit being the third person in the Trinity is not an it. He's not a, a force. He is a person. And if we were to spend time trying to unpack all of what uh, is to be knowable about the triune God, it is inexhaustible. Because we are not God, we will never fully exhaust our understanding of his nature. But if you want to understand God sufficiently, all you have to do is know Scripture. Scripture gives us all that we need to know about God, to experience redemption and life with him and to experience his empowerment and his love in our life. I love what Francis Chan says in his book, The Forgotten God. I I, I copied this quote. It says this, those of us who believe in Jesus would never deny the truth that we have the spirit of the living God, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead living in us. Now, again, how many believe that you have the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living in you? Amen. But he goes on to say, I'm just not convinced that we under, uh, we have rather internalized this truth and enjoy his blessings as he fully intended. What is Francis Chan getting at? He is getting at the truth that there's a difference between intellectually affirming something and actually internalizing it. Now, the majority of you rose your hand and just declared that I believe the Spirit of God is living in me. That I believe that the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living within me. What are the implications of that? What's the implications that the Spirit of God is living in you? That means that no devil in hell can stop what God is doing in you. That means no enemy, no foe, no force that comes or marshals itself against you is powerful enough to unseat the king of glory who has taken over the throne of your life. That means that we have no reason to fear for if God is for us, who can be against us? There is so much truth in that. And I pray that we would not fall into the category of those folks who affirm it with our heads but don't believe it in our hearts. God wants to change our head and our hearts. He wants us to believe right, what we would call orthodoxy, so that we can behave right, what we would call orthopraxis. But how do we do it? 
We're going to talk about the helper that helps us on the way. Friends, I love sharing the Word of God with you, and I pray that you appreciate it as well. You know, this ministry here, Equipped, is really designed to help you to know what you believe well enough for you to share it and defend it and live it. But we can't share or defend or live what we don't first know. So that's why our first and foremost passion is that you would know the Word of God and the God of the Word. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, can you stand with us today? Your prayerful and financial support is so needed and it makes a huge difference. On the other side of your giving, God is changing lives one person at a time. Can you call this number 888-644-4144? It's 888-644-4144. Now, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about John chapter 14, one of the great chapters of Scripture. I believe you're going to be blessed. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip. What does it mean to follow Jesus in a nation where most people claim to be Christians, but so few actually live like Jesus? Every day on Equip, we're answering that question through biblical conversations and current issues that matter. Join us daily on Equip as we learn to live out our faith together. Give a monthly gift and become an equipper. And as a bonus, you'll receive a special insider benefit and access to additional resources. Call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. You know, I've been inviting you to take this journey 52 weeks in the Word. And you may say, Chris, we're already weeks into a new year. I've missed my opportunity to get on this uh, great journey with you and many others. Well, the wonderful thing about the way that our resource, 52 Weeks in the Word by Trillian Nubel, is designed is that you can pick up anywhere. The truth of the matter is, I'm not recommending it, but we could be um, half of the year in and you could still pick up because all you have to do is circle back around again. 52 weeks. Aren't aren't you worth 52 weeks? Isn't your soul worth 52 weeks? Isn't knowing God worth 52 weeks in his word? If you'd like to join us on this journey, 52 weeks in the word a companion for reading the Bible through in a year. All you have to do is dial this number, 888-644-4144. For those of you who say, I've been looking for a resource just like that, well, God has answered your prayer. He's heard your cry, 888-644-4144. Today, we're looking into God's Word, John chapter 14, and we're learning about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit No topic, I think, about God is uh, more, uh, brings more intrigue and for some, sadly, more confusion than the ministry and person of the Holy Spirit. But yet, uh, the scriptures speak so clearly. Uh, When we study the words of Jesus, it demystifies and removes the cloud of confusion, helps us to be able to know the work of the Spirit so that we might walk in the power of 
of the Spirit to live the Christian life. Why don't you join me in John chapter 14 as we continue the message, a helper on the way. Look with me in verse number 15. Jesus says these words, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. I love those words. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will not, will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live in that day. You will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. Jesus says so many powerful things. I don't want you to miss the first connection that he makes in verse number 15 between love and keeping my commandments. If you love me, you will express it through obedience. If you love me, it won't just be a warm and fuzzy thing. This is important because Jesus connects commandment keeping to loving him. You know, we live in a culture that wants to throw away any type of doctrine, any type of commandment to say, man, that's not worth uh, arguing about. That's certainly not worth uh, really centering your life upon. All Jesus really wants for us to do is just love people. I was watching a popular news anchor recently, and it's always interesting to me when news anchors take a stab at being theologians. Typically, that doesn't go well. Some have been trained, and praise God for them, but this one certainly was not, and and uh, he used an opportunity to, to try to bifurcate or separate the command of God from this love thing. He says, hey, you don't have to try to worry about these old, ancient, outdated, obsolete commandments. You just need to go about loving people as as we define it as the implication. And you know, you and I would define love at a woefully lower level than what God defines love. How does God define love? He defines it as his commandments. And if we love him, what we will do, here will be our life. We will dedicate the rest of our lives to searching out his commandments to to live them. We will dedicate the rest of our lives to trying our best to know his commandments so that I can live out his commandments so that I can express love in the way that he wants me to express love. I don't want to give the people I love something they don't want because it does not affirm my love for them. It actually does the opposite to tell them you really don't know me. And so it is with Jesus. He doesn't want us to love him on our own own basis, the way that we think, because when we love him on our own basis, how many know that we prioritize our preferences, our conveniences? We do what we want to do. But if we're going to love Jesus according to the way that he wants us to be loved, the way he wants to be loved, he's removed all the mystery. He's left the commandments. I tell my wife all the time, honey, I'm terrible at reading minds, but if you tell me what to do, I'm great at obedience. Right? So if you're waiting for me to read your mind, I'm not going to do it real well. But if you tell me what to do, I can follow orders with the best of them. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying. I don't want it to be a mystery. Here's my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now therein lies the rub, though. The difficulty is that this might be the most challenging statement Jesus makes in all of Scripture. How in the world... Am I going to keep his commandments? 
Have you noticed that? That the more you study his commandments, the more you understand what it takes to love him, the more you realize how uh, inadequate you are. You, you know, I don't, I don't hardly ever read the Bible and its commandments and walk away patting myself on the back saying, boy, Chris, you're really out doing it. Very rarely am I reading scripture, walking away, feeling puffed up and proud at how well I'm loving God and loving my neighbor. I find myself falling short all the time. You know, this week has been an interesting week around the Brooks household. Uh, we're learning a powerful lesson, and the lesson that me and my kids are lear- learning afresh and anew is uh, the lesson of serving others. My wife had uh, Achilles surgery. She had had a partial tear in her Achilles for months and been living in pain. Finally, uh, the surgery was scheduled, and so she had the surgery, and now we're in that four- to six-week window where she is kind of uh, to uh, not put weight on it. She's for the most part uh, just kind of propped up elevating her feet. And so that means that uh, dad has to pick up more and I ain't going it alone folks. I, I marshaled those kids and said we got five of y'all for a reason. I want y'all to gather up and it's going to be go team. We all have to serve. Whatever mom needs we're here to do. And I'm amazed. I mean, I'm amazed at all that she does. Yesterday, I tried to pick up some of her responsibilities, picking up, dropping off. I was cleaning up behind those kids all day. And it was just uh, so defeating after a day of cleaning up behind them, coming to the conclusion, it don't matter. It don't matter how much I clean. This place is going to be dirty no matter what I do. I've given up. I've totally given up. But I'm putting them to work. But the reality is, is that the more I serve this woman I love, and I love her more than anyone else in the world, this side of heaven, the more I realize how self-centered I am. The more you strive to love as Jesus loves, the more you're going to be confronted with the reality that this is the impossible charge. This is the impossible commandment. How in the world am I supposed to love God with all my being? How in the world am I supposed to keep his commandments? Jesus knew this dilemma, and this is why he gave us verse 16. And he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Praise God. I can wipe the sweat from my brow. I don't have to do this alone. Praise God, friends. This is the greatest, greatest gift that you've ever received is a gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, this word that is used for helper in the Greek is paraclete. Now, we'll know that word para because it means to come alongside, like the word parallel, two lines running alongside one another. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, comes alongside of us to enable us, to empower us, to do what we otherwise could not do without his help. I am not helpless. So when I come across a commandment of God to love my neighbor who I may not even like, I can do it because I have a helper. When I come across a commandment that tells me to love my children, I can do it because I have a helper. When I come across a commandment that tells me to love my spouse, I can do it because I have a helper. When I come across a commandment that tells me to love and forgive my enemies, I can do it. Not because of them, but because of him. 
Not because of me, but because I have a helper. There is no commandment that God has given to me or you that we cannot do. Why? Because we have a helper. And if you really got that, you'd be praising God right now, thanking him for the help that he gives. The truth of the matter is sometimes we don't want help. Sometimes we don't want help. I was talking to my assistant the other day, and you know I'm not big into technology, and she was trying to teach me how to use some particular application. And I said, listen, I don't want to be empowered right now. I'm, I'm very content with you doing it. Right? How many have ever run up against those moments where you don't want help? You don't want to be empowered, right? And that's the challenge for us. There are certain times we don't want to be empowered, but I'm telling you that there's grace for you. There's grace for you to love a difficult spouse. There's grace for you. There's grace for you to go into work every day in a hard workplace. There's grace for you. There's the grace you need in order to endure hardship as a good soldier. There's grace for you. There's grace to go out on the mission field and serve Jesus. There is grace for you to stand up and boldly proclaim the truth and the love of Jesus Christ in a lost and weary world. There is grace for us if we'll receive it. Another way of translating this word, Pericles, is not just helper, but uh, comforter, counselor, encourager. Depending on your translation, you may have one of those titles inserted here, and they all describe the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly who he is. Not only do you get the best advisor, you get the best comforter. You get the best encourager the world has ever known. Aren't you glad that you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, abiding and dwelling within you. That's what the scripture describes. The greatest encourager, again, that the world has ever known is available to you and me. So if you are discouraged today, just cry out to the Father and say, Lord, you've promised me that I, if I trusted in you, would have the encourager, the comforter, come and abide in me. So I'm asking today for the ministry of the encourager, the comforter to be my portion in abundance. And I believe that he will answer that prayer as we offer it in the glorious name of Jesus, our Savior. I'm so fired up about this message. I don't want you to go anywhere. Much more to come on the other side of this break. Next up on Equip. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. What a phenomenal day it is. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. And part of the reason why we rejoice is because we know the promises of God that he's given us in his word. You know, can you imagine having a wealthy uh, uncle pass away or family member pass away and they've left you all of these riches in their will, but for some reason, you never read it, you didn't know it, you weren't informed about it, and uh, here you are struggling just to make it, not realizing that you had access to so much more. Well, such is the case when we don't read the Bible. We don't know what's in the will of God for us. We don't realize the riches of his promises that are made available to us in Christ Jesus. So today, I want to invite you to read the will, to open up the Word of God so that you might know 
the power of his resurrection, the strength of his promises, and yes, even the force of his faithfulness. Today, we're looking into God's word. You've joined us on a wonderful day where we study scripture. Many days, we have guests to talk to us about applying the scripture or even sharing the word of God with others or defending, but there are certain days we set aside just to know what Jesus has said himself. And we're looking at one of the great and glorious chapters in all of Scripture, John's Gospel, chapter 14, that speaks of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to think about what it must have meant to be a disciple of Jesus. He's with you for three and a half years physically, and then he dies, resurrects, and goes to heaven. What do you do then? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to talk about it right now. So grab your Bibles and let's rejoin the message, the helper on the way. He says, I will send you another helper. The Greek word there is alos. The word alos means another of the same kind. Another of the same kind. Now we know, I heard a preacher describe it this way. We know the difference between another of a different kind and another of the same kind. Imagine for a moment if I went in and bought a book and I read it, and I was eager to read it, and you came and asked me, what did you think of that book? And I told you it was terrible, it was horrible. I didn't like it at all. I'm going to go back to the bookstore and get another book. What am I talking about? Another of a different kind. But what if you came to me and said, how'd you like that book? And I said, I loved it. It was the best book I've ever read. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go and get another one. What am I talking about now? Another of the same kind. Jesus wants us to understand that the Holy Spirit of God is another of the same kind. This is Trinitarian teaching at its best. The Holy Spirit is no subordinate uh, being. He is the same as God the Father, God the Son in essence. That's the beauty of the triune God, that we serve a God, three in person, one in being. And it's a mystery that will be unfolded for us in eternity with God. But for now, what you need to embrace and understand is that you have the spirit of the living God inside of you. And how long will he be with you? Forever. Everybody say that with me. Forever. Forever. Then he goes on to describe me this way. Even the spirit of truth, spirit will never deceive you. He will always align with the word. The word and spirit agree. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees me nor knows him. You know him for he dwells within you and will be in you. Notice that the key to seeing the ministry of the Holy Spirit is trust and belief. You know him because you love him. You believe in him. There are many who do not see the work and the ministry, the enabling power of the Holy Spirit because they simply don't believe in him. They don't love him. They don't trust him. But if you trust him and love him and believe in him, the ministry of the Holy Spirit will be alive in you. And let me advise our church to not be afraid of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to wake up every morning praying for the active ministry of the Holy Spirit to be present in your life. Pray that the Spirit will be on the move in and through you. Pray that his comfort, his encouragement, his counsel will be at work in you and to the people that he has called you to minister to, that his Spirit will work through you to do what you could not do without him. Then he goes on to address fatherlessness. He says in verse number 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I love this. He says, I won't leave you alone in this world. 
I will be with you. The Holy Spirit is going to parent you and guide you. What an encouraging word because maybe you didn't have a parent. Maybe you didn't have a father who taught you how to tie a tie. Maybe you didn't have a mother who took you in her arms when you fell down and bruised yourself. Maybe you didn't have parents who embraced you like you should, like they should have. What uh, Jesus is saying here is all that, all of that, and so much more the Holy Spirit will do for you. He will teach you. He will comfort you. He will hold you. He will guide you. You will not live the life of an orphan. We have a father. Yet a little while, and the world will, will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. And then he says this mystery. He speaks in a new way than what he's ever spoken before. He's always said to them that he was sent from the Father, that he was in the Father and the Father was in him. But now he's saying not only is he in the Father, but we are in him. When we trust in him, we are baptized into Christ. We are in him. Our union with Christ empowers us to be able to live on mission for him. And it would take days, eras, and epochs to unfold all of this. But praise God, because of our faith in him, how many know we got a, a promise of eternity with God? We'll fully understand. We will be fully known and we will fully know in his presence. And how many are looking forward to his return? Verse 27 goes on to remind us that the Spirit keeps us in truth. He goes on to say, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will be kept. He will keep, rather, my word, and uh, my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my word. And then he goes on to say, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. I love this because Jesus, again, is connecting love to obedience, but now he's doing it for a different reason. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. Three times he's already said it in these few verses that we've just read. Why did he have to reiterate himself? Again, this is not Jesus being forgetful at all. This is not Jesus being redundant or repetitive for redundancy's sake. This is Jesus doing something that they needed deeply in their hearts. There's certain times God will repeat something to you and me because we need to hear it again and again and again. Some of you need to hear that you're loved again and again and again because it heals you every time. Some of you need to know you're forgiven again and again and again. Some of you need to know that he is giving you grace and mercy. You need to hear it again and again and again. They needed to hear that if they loved him, they would keep his commandments. Why? Because he had just told them a few verses back, one of you is going to betray me. And all of them began to say, is it me? Am I the unfaithful one, Lord? Am I the one that's going to fall short? Imagine the insecurities that that provoke within them. What he wanted to do is comfort them and to say, listen, if you love me, don't be afraid. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is Jesus comforting them. And I find it amazing that on the night in which he knew he was going to be betrayed, 
He also recognized that they weren't in a place to comfort him, but he comforts them. God always comforts us. He never leaves us without comfort. He told them these things before they happened so they would know he would keep them. And he tells us through his word, there will be perilous times in the last days. Men will be lovers of themselves. They will call right wrong and wrong right. And they will uh, be uh, angry and, and violent. All of these things the Bible prophesies. You will be persecuted and, and, and prosecuted and even some executed. All of these things the Bible predicts. But he tells us in advance for our comfort to let us know that he will keep us. Friends, it took the power of God to save us and it will take the power of God to keep us. But here's the good news. He promises the power will be there by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Nothing that is to come should shake us or rattle us in the least bit because he has already overcome the world. He is already victorious and has already overcome the world. So take heart. And know that he will not leave us as orphans in this world, but he will be with us and he will make his home in us. Notice what he says. If we love him, the father will love us. Can you just say this with me? The father loves me. Say it again. The father loves me. You need to get that deep in your heart that you are loved. An all-powerful, never-changing, almighty God who loves you and knows you. And this is the amazing thing. Because in our world, we're afraid that the more someone knows us, the less they're going to love us. But God, omniscient, knows us fully and loves us still. That's a perfect love. And perfect love does what? Cast out all fear. Don't be afraid. There's nothing you can do. I love and take heart in the omniscience of God that he knows all things. As a matter of fact, he knew my sin before I ever committed it, before evil thought ever came into my head, before I made the mistake, before I said what I shouldn't have said or went where I shouldn't have went or clicked what I shouldn't have clicked or done done what I shouldn't have done. Before we made any mistake, he knew us. And still, he chose to redeem us, to save us, to love us. Take heart in that. Nothing will be able to stop God from loving you. Well, it's true what Scripture says. Nothing will be able to stop God from loving you. You know, I think about my own history, resume, maybe you do as well, and you think about the mistakes you've made, and there are times when I am keenly aware of my own flaws and failures, and I say, God, I don't know if I'm worthy of your love But when I look into the word of God, I'm reminded that he already predetermined he would love me. You see, what makes God different than you and me is that he's not surprised, never caught off guard. He's not a time-bound individual. No, God knows the end from the beginning. And that's great because that means that before he chose me, he already knew me. In other words, he knew what mistakes I would make. and He chose to love me anyway, and he chose to love you as well. Today, I want to invite you, put your faith and trust in him. Dial this number, 888-NEED-HIM. We'll be right back. 
As a dad, a friend, and a neighbor, I share your concerns over the growing problems in our culture. That's why on Equip, we tackle the tough issues, learning how to respond with grace and truth. We're looking for like-minded partners to stand with us. Would you be willing to become an Equipper today? In this role, you'll give a monthly donation to support the ministry of Equip. And as an Equipper, you'll receive insider benefits, such as a bi-weekly email that contains pastoral messages prepared just for you. Become an Equipper today by calling 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I hope you're enjoying this study of God's Word. I get fired up every time there's a Bible in the room. I got to tell you that. I get fired up every time my eyes look upon the Word of God. There's not a passage of Scripture that I've met yet that I haven't fallen in love with, even the genealogies I like. We'll talk about that at another time. But today, we're talking about one of the most important uh, topics of all the Scripture, one of the uh, favorite topics of my own heart, and that is the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know the ministry of the Holy Spirit to know that you have not been left as an orphan in this world, and you have not been left powerless in this world. God seals or guarantees his promise of a resurrected eternity with him by giving us a deposit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He brings power, seals our salvation, gives hope, and so much more so that we can live the blessed hope of the Christian life before a watching world. I want you to learn more. So why don't we land this plane as our study continues on the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit in John's Gospel, chapter 14. Grab your Bibles and let's be blessed. The Spirit teaches us truth. Look at what it says, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you and bring to your remembrance, rather, all that I have said to you. Now, this is important. This is the reason why we believe the word of God is inerrant, inspired, infallible. It's because of this promise that he gives to the apostles that the Holy Spirit would bring to their remembrance all the teachings of Christ and he would do it perfectly and they pinned it perfectly and now we have the perfect record of the teachings of Christ. This is a divine book. This is the word of the living God penned by man but superintended by the Holy Spirit and trust worthy in all manners. Amen? And then he goes on to say, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now I want to just stop here because I think this is the crux of what Jesus is doing. He is comforting them. And he wants to comfort us today. Do you want shelter from a corrupt world? Trust in him. You want shelter from the heartache of human relationships? Trust in him. You want the grace that can fortify you when all the world seems to be falling apart? Trust in him. He's the only one that can keep our hearts, that can keep our souls, that can keep our lives held together. There are some of you that are in here today and you've been around church, but you haven't trusted in him yet. There's some of you that are here right now and you've heard preaching, but you haven't trusted in him yet. 
Let me declare that if Jesus is risen from the dead, if he died for you and defied death, hell, and the grave and rose on the third day, then he is worthy of our trust. He is worth believing in. So today I want to encourage you to believe in him. And if you do, I want you to know there's a promise for you, the great promise of the Holy Spirit who will come and who will guide us. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters, God. I pray that today those who don't know you would come to know you. Lord, we didn't gather just um, out of routine. We gather with expectation, with a prayer request that you would save those who need your love, that you would show grace to those who are far from you, that you would bring close, Lord, those who, Lord, need salvation. So, Lord, if there be anyone here today that have yet to trust in you, I pray that you would do your saving work. And, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh and anew. May we leave here knowing that we are empowered by you. We thank you for all that you've done and for all that you're doing and for all that you will do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Come on and give God praise. Well, praise God. I hope that that message spoke to your heart. I hope it was an encouragement to you. And I hope that it, it really does invite you to do deeper study into God's Word. One of the resources that I often use when I'm teaching God's Word is a study Bible. A study Bible, and I typically preach or teach or study from the ESV, the English Standard Version of the Scriptures. There are other reliable versions. That's the one that I teach from because of its clarity and uh, approachability. But I want to encourage you, grab a good study Bible so that you might dig deeper into the Word of God, so that you can look up definitions of particular words, or maybe even a commentary on a particular passage, and so much more. I really want to encourage you to do that. I also want to encourage you to join me and many others on this wonderful journey that we're calling 52 Weeks in the Word, truly a noble world, a wonderful companion. It really is a day-to-day reader's guide through the Bible in a year. And I want to encourage you to uh, pick up a copy. And the way you do so is simply by calling. We've made it that simple. We want you to call 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. 4144, so that you can join this journey of 52 weeks in the Word. Now, I shared earlier that if you have not yet put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I want you to know Him. I want to introduce you to the one who loved you before you were even born, the only one who laid down His life to forgive your sins, the one who rose from the grave with all power in His hand, and declares himself to be Lord of all. Jesus Christ is the hope of humanity. He is the one that provides us with the grace and mercy and salvation we need. All we have to do to experience his salvation is to repent and believe. The Bible describes repentance as a 180, to turn from sin and living my life on my own, and to turn to God, trusting in him and his word. Today, I want to encourage you to do so, and we'd love to pray for you. Dial this number, 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. Well, friends, I can't wait till we're together again next time. As always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.
Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. You know, our young men are struggling. They're longing for identity and purpose, but they're floundering and they need our help. Dr. Anthony Bradley is a theologian and educator who's seen firsthand the problems and effective solutions to the boy crises. He'll talk about helping us to grow boys into men on the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.